Welcome to Club Sandwich, where the music is great and the stories are real. Each week, we talk about life in the middle, the middle of raising kids, nurturing careers, and navigating the ever-changing needs of our aging parents. I'm Jennifer Owens. I serve as editorial director at Firstly, the first financial wellness platform designed specifically for the sandwich generation. I'm also the mother of two, wife of one, and daughter and stepdaughter of my children's grandparents. I know firsthand how complex family life can be and how it can change in an instant. I also know how hard it can be to prepare for the future, especially one that impacts our kids and our parents, let alone ourselves. Our guest today knows this too, Wendy Adlerstein. Thank you so much for sharing your sandwich expertise with us today. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. This is a pleasure. So you have 20 years experience as a licensed social worker. You're a certified dementia practitioner and your executive director of First Light Home Care of West Suburban Boston and Boston Back Bay, because who doesn't want all the Boston you can get, <laughs> right? And so I'd love to dive right in and kind of learn about how you came into this field and, and kind of get us into talking about what First Light does. Sure. As you mentioned, I have 20 years and growing of experience <laughs> in the elder care world. I worked in the nonprofit side of things with home care for most of those years in home care and dabbling in different pieces of state-funded home care and, and some of the Medicaid programs out there and also overseeing volunteer services for many years. And then I you know, made a change and uh, was able to start up our first light home care office in the West Suburban Boston area with Steve Stern, who's my co-owner. And we provide private pay home care services, primarily to seniors, but anyone over the age of 18 who could use a little extra help in mm -hmm. their home to be able to stay there safely and comfortably. So as someone who's, who's just been through a cycle of having a parent go into having home care, going into nursing home, going into hospice care, this mindset is the idea of keeping people in their home as long as is possible, I guess. Exactly. Really, with the growing population of aging individuals and really looking at what people want, most or a lot of people say they want to be able to yeah. age in place in their own homes. And uh, sometimes in order to do that, when you get to a certain point, it, it may require a little extra support and, and to be able to do it safely. So I'm Gen X. My parents are like just at the bottom before the boomers start. Yep. And it really does change in an instant. You visit one day and you're like, ooh, geez, what, you know, what's happening in the fridge this week? And it's it's no one size fits all. And so I, I love that idea that that you were saying to to me previously about that, that our circumstances are always changing. So I'd love to talk about like the different living situations to consider when we when we come home visit our mom and we're like, ooh, mom needs a little help. Yeah. Like you said, it, it there's no one size fits all. This is a very individualized process. Sometimes it's a family decision or an individual's decision, depending on what they want. If somebody does want to live at home, it's great to know what the options are in terms yeah. of anything to make it better. So it could be simplifying some of the the arrangement in the home in terms of the bathroom, making it safer, adding 
different uh, safety things like grab bars, modifying, you know, the door so that maybe a walker or a wheelchair could easily get in there, making kitchens more user-friendly for use. Or it could mean actually having a person come in to assist with bathing, dressing, meal prep. Sometimes, you know, having somebody help with a shower can make all the difference in terms of the safety. You know, the bathroom is a slippery place when you're already unstable. So really it's possible, but it's important to really do the research and know what the options are that are out there to help somebody stay at home. So there's definitely in-home care. And can we talk a little bit about what that looks like? I'm distant to my parents. Yep. And I and it's even so, like I know that for a while my my dad and stepmom had in-home care and my dad got mad and there was a whole, you know, there was drama and the like. like right, right. What is in-home care really? Well, if you're if you're talking like what we provide in terms of service, um, yeah. what we like to do is really look at the situation because everyone's needs are different and figure out what we start with. What is the person's routine and where is it that they might need that support the most? So yeah. sometimes a lot of times we hear families who it's just about getting up in the morning and getting kind of the day started when the person gets out of bed. Having someone come in for maybe four or five hours from maybe 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. to 12 or 1 and assist with that morning routine of getting up out of bed, making breakfast, getting cleaned up, you know, for the day and dressed. Yeah. And right there, that can set the tone so that the person can go on with the day after that caregiver leaves. Right. So that's one example of how it can work. But Home care can be 24-7. We have clients who, you know, it's a 12-hour shift during the day and then a 12-hour overnight for when people are getting up in the middle of the night and trying to get Mm -hmm. themselves to the bathroom safely. You know, we're always providing lots of safety supervision to prevent falls. Anyone who's a fall risk, really having someone with them is key. So, you know, it can be anything like I described from that morning kind of routine to maybe, you know, a combination of morning, evening, or 24-7, it can be modified accordingly. Is there any sort of like a way to know it's time to start thinking about these options? Because you, you get that little ping in your heart that says, oh, I think we need, but should I talk? We'll talk next about starting that talk. But is there a sense of like, you know, because you the role flips, It's it's so fraught with, you know, sensitivity of being the child and now thinking, oh, I might need to help mom out here and, and like of to ascertain of what I'm seeing means it's time to trigger some thinking and discussion. Right. Yeah. There's, there's certainly little signs that can kind of let you know that maybe things aren't the way they used to be. Like you mentioned before, like the refrigerator, you know, maybe the, the food isn't being thrown out or eaten. Maybe, you know, you might notice different scents, you know, smells in the in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it could be food issues, it could be incontinence issues. You know, you may just see that somebody's not as stable on their feet and and you know, you're worried that the, if they do fall, who would be in who would be there with them. So it's sort of just these little clues that could kind of start triggering that thought that maybe it would be good to explore having someone come in and and be that sort of assistant in the home. So then how do we say, yeah. hey, mom, <laughs> like I have I have concerns, but I also have some ideas about what, what we might want to 
do. And you can hear me already. It's not easy to bring these things up. No. How do we start the conversation? How do we incorporate? Because we we love them and we respect them. And so we're it's coming of, you know, you don't want to take over for them. They are your parents, but you, you know, this is a conversation that you want them to be part of as much as they can. Exactly. And I mean, I, you know, it's understandable if you flip the the feeling, you know, if somebody yeah. came up to you and said, you know, <laughs> I think you need some help, you know. <laughs> there were you're- days where I would say, yes, yes, you're right. <laughs> right, but well, that's right. <laughs> that is true. It is funny to think of that. I know. But, you know, I think it's really sort of just taking a look at where that person is at for themselves and, and how they see themselves. So starting a conversation maybe asking questions, you know, um, how do you think you've been doing with eating? Or how do you feel you've been doing, you know, uh, with getting taking a shower? Do you feel unsafe? So it's really involving the person in in the conversation and getting them to even just to start to think about the questions, even if they they might be I'm fine, you know, it plants a seed. And then uh, from there, it, it could potentially open up to the next step of what might be. And I think a lot of times, it's the fear of the unknown for people too. They think, I don't need someone in my house. Right. And, yeah. and then they're going to take over my house. I don't, you know, that's it, not, yeah, that's not right. <laughs> exactly. As soon as they actually meet the someone, you know, it becomes a person that maybe they actually like and that they might look forward to having come in. So it, it, I, that's important too, is to maybe try to help somebody understand like, well, why don't you meet someone? You know, why don't you, yeah. nothing is set in stone, but why don't you try having com- someone for a couple of days? Let's see how you feel, you know, kind of taking baby steps. Right. That that makes a lot of sense. And finding where they know there are gaps that they would like to, you know what I would like, right. or I wish that I had. And you think, well, we can incorporate. Let's figure that out. Let's let's make a plan for that. Right. Exactly. In a perfect world, I don't want someone in my home either. As much as I, right. I'm open to someone doing my house cleaning and cooking and cleaning and shopping. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Could you do it without actually entering my home? Because I'm, I just want to sit on the couch some days. I felt it with my grandmother that it was a loss of freedom mm-hmm. that, you know, uh, I don't know if it's because we're that side of the family is Scottish and, you know, you'll never take away our freedom. <laughs> that it just was never going to not, that was never going to be a thing. But then it eventually did. It started with landscaping, you know, like helping with the lawn. Right. And then it helped with helping with some cleaning. And, and it was never sneaky. It was just as her needs increased. Right. We tried to add in stuff. So, and she stayed in her home into her 90s and then yeah. was happy for it. And we were happy for it. Nobody wants to take away your home. We just want you to be safe in it. Exactly. Right. And and that's a great way that you described it was just finding out where where the person feels the needs are for themselves because it's a nice way to introduce the idea of having help. And it gives them a feeling of control of making those decisions because I, you're right. It's all about the fear of losing their freedom, losing control over their own environment. And, and as you age, there's so many losses already that occur in life that, you know, you, you want to give someone as much control as possible. Yeah. And, and it's like, and we all kind of maybe know, or maybe we're not admitting that we know we're worried about the next chapter, you know, when, right. when the needs increase and we don't want to show it on our faces. It's, 
it's it's a variation on a theme of the conversation we have with our kids when we're trying to get them to do their college essays. Right. <laughs> like, right. And they're they're putting it off and you're just like, I'm trying not to show you that I know how the next chapter plays out if you do a good job. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. Right. This is life in the middle. We know too much. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And some of the some of the things that you're doing, right, when you're in the middle with your kids may apply to the to the older oh, generation yeah. on the other side. <laughs> Only fraud. I mean, you, th- you think that like dealing with, and and luckily my children won't listen to this, so I can be a little open, but you know, all that sort of emotional stuff that comes with like pushing them, but not, tr- not trying to push and letting them be part of all that. Yeah. Now you add on the fact that you are doing this with a, for a parent. Right. And it's, oh, and you know, you remember your parent when they were, you know, they were the boss of you and you yeah. were pushing against them. and. It's just, it's just fraught and you want to come to it with love and respect and, you know, it's Absolutely. just hard. <laughs> it's, it's, a tough, it's very challenging and it's really a little bit of just feeling it out and, and, you know, starting conversations as early as possible so that you don't, you're not having these kinds of conversations in crisis. If you yes. can, you know, start to make it so that it's comfortable earlier, you know, we're kind of just getting a sense of what are somebody's wishes, you know, what do they want right. when they get older? And, and, and that way it, it's, it, you can always refer back to the earlier conversations. Well, remember when we talked about what you thought you'd want, you know, you can kind of point back to what they might've said at an earlier date. Yeah. But yeah. Doing things in crisis is a lot harder. So much. Yes, yeah. for sure. And this very independent generation that are our parents yeah. <laughs> will right. we'll wait to the last minute sometimes. So that's just me venting. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, well, it's an independent generation. I mean, people are aging. They're living longer and there's more activity and more travel and more exercise yes. and, and, you know, more knowledge about diets and health and and so it's it's a whole different kind of a whole different thing yeah well so then secretly among us in the middle can we talk about a little bit on on how you hire in-home help so that we can come prepared when we have you know when we say look who we found for you but when I was looking at childcare, when this was all about babies and and I was going back to work I purposely picked uh, center-based care because I didn't know how to hire into my home back then. And so now we're looking, I, I, it's, I'm going to need to learn this sort of stuff. So what can you tell me about getting ready to like to choose someone or to work with? What should we be looking for? One of the things to really consider is the difference between, like you just mentioned, going through like hiring a private person on your own yeah. versus an agency. Oftentimes hiring somebody privately can, you know, be a little cheaper. But what people don't realize is that when you do hire somebody privately like that, you really are on the hook for a lot of liabilities. And what an agency brings is sort of the whole umbrella of coverage of insurance. And if something were to go wrong, it also brings fill-ins. If your private aid calls out sick, you're left with nobody. With an agency, uh, you know, you call the agency or the agency calls you and says, oh, the yeah. person isn't coming today, but we have someone else, you know, especially if it's a necessity, it's important to to have that backup. So there's also a lot of coordination. Our agency, we have 
a great team of care coordinators that are constantly overseeing the caregivers and managing the schedule. And really, the responsibility becomes more of the agencies, you know, in terms of care, and the family can be the family. But when you're a family just hiring a caregiver directly, you know, now you're an employer, you know, you have all these other pieces to take into consideration. So that's one thing to to keep in mind with an agency. It's it's a lot safer in many ways. And then what we do for hiring the caregivers, we're very carefully screening. So this is another thing the agency does. Caregivers go through multi-state background checks and local background checks. There's interviews, there's reference checks. They take little quizzes that we give online to measure their abilities to make decisions. And so it's just a lot more oversight and vetting. And those are the kinds of questions you, when you are searching for an agency that you want to ask, what is your vetting process for caregivers? Sure. Right. And then when you're meeting them, what are you looking for? And, and by you, I mean me, like, you know, it's right. a, as someone as, as the kid in, yeah. the, in the equation. Yeah. What I always say is this is a people business. And so we're matching people with people and we do our best, you know, to make a match. And sometimes it just takes off right away. It's great. And, you know, like any relationship, sometimes it might take a second try, you know, if you're meeting someone and it's just not the right personality fit, that's something and it's okay, you know. And so a good agency uh, would say, no problem, you know, let's try finding, having somebody else go. You know, I think it's also skills. Everyone has different needs. Somebody's need might be related to dementia. So we want to have somebody who understands that and how to navigate, you know, helping someone with dementia versus maybe somebody's really in need of a lot of personal care assistance and not the dementia side. So we need someone who's very comfortable with heavy personal care. So it's, it's skill sets and, and making sure that it, kind of the big puzzle fits together. And then how about, you know, mom and dad? They're the hiring manager in some way, you know, right. and, you know, actually we are, but you know, they, I, I could foresee the day where they don't like anyone because they don't want them in your house, mm-hmm. you know, but these are professionals that know from this situation, mm-hmm. I'm sure, but how to kind of navigate like your parents' voice in this choice. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, our philosophy at First Light and the caregivers, when we hire them, I mean, the, the, we always talk about this. The goal is to encourage as much independence as possible. Mm-hmm. We're not sending somebody in to take over or to take away things that the person can do. We want to, you know, make sure that mom and dad are able to still do what they can do. If putting away laundry, you know, maybe the caregiver goes yeah. down in the basement with the basket, but then once the basket's downstairs, they can help mom go down the steps and she can put the laundry. In. Because that's her thing, right? Like uh, my husband does the laundry; he can still do it. I don't. I just give him assistance. I don't want to do the laundry, right? <laughs> just putting that out there for the future. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So you know, it's a ways to of finding how somebody can make the task better and safer, but not yeah. taking the task away. I love that because you really do think about uh, yourself as well. Like these these sort of things, I have a, a fervent hope that this generation that's in the middle right now is learning lessons about how we want to leave things for our kids. So yeah. I think, but also looking at this and thinking, no, I see that these things are so prosaic. They're like doing the laundry or making scrambled eggs or these things that mean that I'm in control of my life. So, you know, 
if it's, I just can't carry the basket, but I can still, you know, ball up the socks and make pairs. Right. And that says, I still have that control. How great is that? I think that's wonderful. Yeah. Well, is there anything that before uh, we, we kind of close out our conversation today that, that you want to make sure that people think about when they start thinking about in-home care and, and the like and having these conversations? No, I, 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 this was a wonderful conversation. I think we covered a lot. I think it's just <laughs> really, you know, just taking it in steps. Families should, should know the options that are out there. It's very good to know. And it's a relief as a, as a caregiver, a family caregiver, as a daughter, a son, a niece, a friend, having someone come in the home can be a way to take care of yourself too, because it gives you the breaks that you might need if you're doing a lot of caregiving for your parents or loved one to have that support. So that's important to keep in mind. Oh, I love that. That is that is so right. Because we are talking about people who are caregiving uh, the generation behind us in addition to the generation ahead of us. So right. yes, we need to take care of ourselves. Was, we need to free up some time to do everything. So yeah. there we go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, thank you for joining us on Club Sandwich. Our guest today was Wendy Adlerstein. Are you living life in the middle? Share your story with us at firstly.com. Please take a moment to rate and review our podcast. It really helps us grow. And of course, if you could use a little extra financial wellness help, visit firstly.com, created specifically with the sandwich generation in mind. Let me know what you think. And until next week, we'll see you in the club, Club Sandwich. <laughs>